together in God's presence. And so uh, a couple of the youth, I wasn't necessarily planning to do it today because we didn't really get to, like, you know, schedule it. But throughout worship, everyone just keeps popping up. I I feel like I want to share this. I feel like I want to share this. So I'm going to invite Eli, uh, Kyla, Evangeline, Kirsten, Haley. If there was anyone else that had something significant from ministry time, you're welcome to come up. But these five have asked me or have expressed something that they would like to share from ministry time. So uh, come on down here, girls. We'll start here and go down that way. So last night we were in worship, and worship was just so powerful. And the teaching that Kara taught on was the baptism of the Holy Spirit and Spirit. And we were just all so engaged with the Holy Spirit that we didn't even have a message yesterday because we were just so into it. And it was so cool because everything that she was teaching us, we were just putting into action, like, right away. And it wasn't even, like, intentional. It just all just happened. So everything that we were learning about, we just put in action. And yesterday when we were um, praying, we did this really cool thing where um, there was a circle of all the men. And then all the women were in the middle of the circle. And we took turns praying for each other. So the women got to lay hands on the guys and pray for them. And then the guys got to pray for the women just to go out and to lead. And it was just it was just really, really cool that we got to do that. It was just awesome. Yeah, um, the whole weekend was a lot of fun, and we learned a lot of good stuff. And just one of my highlights, something that I um, was able to put in action after the teaching was I was uh, I learned how to speak in tongues. And so that was really cool. Yeah, so like Evangeline said, like that was one of the – big topics from the weekend, speaking in tongues, and I had done it before, and it was, like, getting comfortable, but on Saturday, um, it felt like I had, like, a different language, because it always kind of sounded the same, but it was, like, different this time, and it was more like I couldn't control my tongue. It was just, like, the Holy Spirit pouring out, like, through me, and it was so cool, and I was, like, shaking. Every time I was praying, my hand was, like, going like this, but it was just really powerful. Um, I got to learn how to speak in tongues, and it was really cool when we all went up and we knelt down, we kneeled down, and, like, I could feel the power of the Holy Spirit. It was really powerful. Um, when we were learning to speak in tongues, like, when, like, we were actually doing it, I felt like the Lord put a crown on my head. <laughs> um, it was my first time speaking in tongues, and... Um, and there was another part during worship I was leading and I looked out upon the crowd and it was just like, they were just like beaming, like glowing, like of joy, like hanging above them. Like it was like this sense of like God was so pleased and so proud. And um, shoot, what was the other thing I was going to say? Oh, yeah. So um, we, during like the, when the men and the women prayed for each other, um, I had prayed for the woman like, um, out loud, and when I was doing that, I never, like, was, like, a good prayer or whatever. Um, I was, like, getting all nervous and everything, and then um, when I was praying, it literally did not feel like it was me, and it felt like it was just, like, God speaking through me, and, like, it was, like, this is not me talking, but, yeah, so that was pretty cool. So, um, this is, like, a testimony, I guess, I don't know, um, so, at the youth retreat, um, we were in worship, and um, I'm sorry. I was sitting in the corner because 
I had no one to sit with. And I was, like, really shaming myself and feeling alone. And all of a sudden, Jaden, he comes over, and then Joel comes over, and they lend their put their hands on my shoulders and I could feel the Holy Spirit numbing my face and my entire face went numb. So that was really awesome. Elijah, you had a little bit more with that than your feelings of loneliness went away, right? Was there something more with that that you were, you had said something more with that when you were telling me that I can't remember what it was. You can't remember either. Okay. It was that experience of just feeling like God loves you and you weren't alone and you weren't lonely. Yeah. All right. So um, as you can kind of tell, the focus of the weekend was talking about the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. And um, we just had a lot of really solid teaching from the Word throughout the weekend. And then last night, it was like the dam broke. Um, And I think we were all able to really just experience the presence of the Holy Spirit in a greater way. So I just want to pray um, over all of the youth um, because when God does these kinds of things on the weekends, sometimes we hit more resistance as we go through the week. And I really want you guys to be aware and alert um, as you go through the week and, and continue to walk out what you were experiencing this weekend. So, Lord, I thank you for each of the youth that were at the retreat, and I thank you for the youth that weren't able to go but are still here and a part of this congregation, and I pray for your blessing on each one of them. Lord, I pray that the work that you were stirring up in them, the work that you began in them this weekend, but also the work that you were deepening in them would be... Um, would be sealed in them. I pray that you would continue to stir them up as they go back to school, as they go back to their daily routines. I pray that this would not just be a memory in the past, but that this would be um, a new way of walking forward. And we just pray for an increase of your anointing, of your Holy Spirit anointing on each one. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, guys. Thanks for that great report. Um, makes me want to go on youth retreat. Who wants to go on youth retreat with us? Yeah. Um, we, so I think they're looking for some volunteers, youth leaders, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, we want to release the children to go back to impact. And as we release the uh, children, the uh, helpers to go back to impact, uh, just want to remind you that... Um, you can give online, um, or uh, there is an offering uh, box here in the back. Uh, either way is fine. Um, we love to honor the Lord with our tithes and offerings. A couple announcements that we have. First one, ladies gathering. Uh, for those 55 years of age and young, not older, um, uh, that is coming up on Tuesday. Um, the 16th at 7. Uh, so if you're interested, um, please connect with Debbie Davenport. She is not here today, but uh, you can connect with her about that. Um, but I think this is an ongoing uh, group that's going to be meeting. Um, so I think she said last time she was here that if you're just getting close to that age, connect with her. Um, you're welcome to attend as well. Uh, and you may not remember what your age is, but you know, ask somebody. We're getting, all getting older, so some of us don't want to admit that. 
uh, including myself. The burn is coming up uh, starting at 7 on the 19th, uh, running through noon on the 20th. Rob Stopper is going to be here with us. Uh, this is our healing burn. So please come. Uh, we're going to have prayer. Uh, we're going to have music. Uh, if you have something that you need prayed about that isn't specific to healing, we're here to pray for you uh, and be with you. So um, please come join us um, the 19th and 20th. Uh, and then there is an impact volunteer gathering coming up on the 21st at 5. I have to speak for myself. I need glasses, and so I have to keep moving it up and down. Um, so please come out for that. Um, uh, there's going to be food folks and or food fun and training. Um, I think we're going to try to make the training fun as well, right? Okay. So with that, that's all the announcements that I have. I'm going to invite Tyler to come forward. Where's Tyler? There he is. This is becoming a routine, Tyler. Yeah, I like it's it. always me and you, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's pray. Uh, dear Lord, Father God, we just thank you for Tyler. Lord, I just pray over him. Uh, I pray that the words that you put in his mind and in his heart, Lord, that you would just um, release them, Lord God. Um, I also pray over him and his family this week, Lord, that you would protect them, keep them safe, and uh, just build their marriage and build their family, Lord God, as it continues to grow. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Chuck. All right. I guess we, we will continue. There's no guessing. We will continue uh, in the book of Colossians. We'll start at uh, chapter 1, verse 25, and then we'll go all the way to chapter 2, verse 5. So lucky for us, this week, we don't have any of the tough words. So thanks, Walter, for helping us out last week. But I think the toughest word this week is Laodicea. So I might need you. We'll see. Uh, I'm glad we don't have words like Colossae and Epaphras. Is that how we say it, right? Yeah. How many of us are glad that that's not a word that keeps recycling? That's not a name that keeps recycling. So maybe some of the youth want to try that for their baby names. So, all right, Colossians 1, uh, verse 24. So let's go. Now, I want you to know how glad I am that I am sitting here in jail and not you. There is a lot of suffering to, to be endured in this world, the kind of suffering that Christ takes on. I welcome a chan the chance to take and share in the church's part of the suffering. When I, become, when I became a servant of Christ, I experienced this suffering as a sheer gift in God's way to help and serve you, laying out the whole truth. So I think that one of the worst times that I've suffered in my life was on a, a bike ride. I'm talking like a bicycle, because I'm not sure anyone suffers when they're on the top side of a motorcycle. So me and a couple guys, we went, we left at 6 in the morning, and we rode 125.3 miles. I say 0.3 because after 125 miles, that 0.3 is a lot. So it was from Black Rock Retreat in Quarryville all the way down to Camp Arrowhead in Rehoboth Bay, Delaware. So about 25 miles into it, it started to drizzle, and we started going up our first hill. I got about halfway up this mile-and-a-half-long hill, and I'm thinking, what am I doing? This has got to be the dumbest thing I've ever done. We got to the top of the hill, and the rest of the way, there was a headwind. So the wind was blowing straight at us the rest of the way. I, there was a lot of suffering that happened that day. And I can tell you for a fact, there was very few times did I find joy in that. 
It was fun when I finished the race, but not during the race. But when Paul says suffering, what is that? What does that look like? So not only was he blind for three days when he was first getting, becoming a Christian, he was bitten by a snake. I'm not sure how many have been bitten by a snake, but I can't imagine that was fun. Five times he, rece- yeah, he received by the Jews 40 lashes minus one. Just for clarification, that's considered the death penalty minus one lash. Three times he was beaten with rods. And when you're beaten with rods, that was actually by a Roman soldier. It was an axe handle that they removed the head of the axe when they were in the, in the city of Rome. So the person that was being beaten would be bound up and then beaten with an axe handle by a Roman soldier who was trained on how to inflict pain. So, and then he was stoned once. This isn't what we call stoned. This is when they grab... (laughs) You can laugh, it's fine. (laughs) You guys were all thinking it, I just said it. (laughs) Where they they grab big rocks, not stones, but big rocks, and threw threw them at him until the stuff that was on the inside of him came out. That's that. So he, w- he was shipwrecked. He was three times he was shipwrecked. There was a night at adrift at the sea with no idea when or if he was going to get picked up. And now Paul was in jail. This is what Paul is thinking about when he says, I've experienced suffering. And he still counts it as a gift. So I would, let's read this again. And just imagine that that is what Paul is thinking about. Not a 125-mile bike ride in the rain. But let's just imagine that this is what he's calling suffering. So let's, let's go verse, uh, verse 24 again. I want you to know how glad I am. That is me sitting here in jail and not you. There is a lot of suffering to be in, entered into in this world. The kind of suffering that Christ takes on. I welcome a chance, welcome the chance, to take my share and the church's part in the suffering. When I became a servant of this church, I experienced this suffering as a sheer gift. God wants God's way of helping me serve you and lay the whole truth out. All my suffering, it's not even close to what Paul endured. And he was doing it just to increase the church and spread the gospel. Let's read chapter 26. Or yeah, verse 26. This mystery has been kept in dark, in the dark for a long time. But now it's out in the open. God wanted everyone, not just the Jews, to take to know, yet yeah, to know. The rich and glorious secrets inside and out, regardless of their background, regardless of their religious stand. The mystery, in a nutshell, is this. Christ is in you, and therefore, you can, now, you can look forward to sharing the God's glory. It's that simple. That is the substance of our message. We preach Christ, warning people not to add to the message. We teach in a spirit of profound common sense so that we can bring each person 
to maturity. To be mature is to be basic. Christ, no more, no less. That's what I am working so hard at day after day, year after year, doing my best, my best, with the energy God has so generously given me. So Paul's number one goal in life, in his life, was to make sure every person knew the gospel. Not just his Jewish friends. He stretched out to the Greek and the Roman gospel. Any, yeah, to the Roman. And anyone who was there with him or anyone who would listen, he'd be teaching to them. To me, this sounds like a lot like what Jesus commanded in uh, Mark 16, chapter uh, yeah, chapter 16, verse 15. And he said, to, and he said, so Jesus said in Mark 16, verse 15, go into the world, go everywhere, announcing the message of God's good news to everyone and all. Whoever believes and will be baptized is saved, and whoever refuses will be damned. Paul went to the ends of the earth, or at least to the ends of the earth, to their knowledge. To deliver the message that Jesus was the king of kings and he died for us, for our salvation. And he was the only way to heaven. Nothing was going to stop him from going to the nations. I spent some time in a far, far away land of Mexico. I stayed in a little town. To be honest, I'm not even sure what it's called anymore. No, I wish. Uh, no, I'm not sure. I forget. Um, yeah. But in the surrounding mountains, there was also there were smaller villages that those people didn't even speak Spanish. So they were far enough away. We would all there were it was about ten miles. We'd all jump in the back of a pickup truck and we'd go up to the mountains. And they have, they actually told me he's like, you know what? It might be best just for you to keep your mouth shut, just in case you mix your Spanish words up. And that's what I did. So one of the weeks I was there, the truck broke down, and we weren't able to go up into the mountains. I can remember thinking, was this, is this the day or is this the week that the leaders of them little villages would accept Jesus into their hearts? And if the leaders accepted then what would the mountainside look like? But we did stay home, and we dug the foundation for their new church. So I guess that needed to be done, too. Now we're talking about Paul here. And what would Paul have done? I can guarantee you he would have walked the 10 miles up to the villages and still shared the gospel with them people. When I was, while I was preparing this, the several weeks here, God placed on my heart that there is a dream that someone had when they were 11 years old. God wants to bring it. God has not forgotten about it, and God wants to bring it about. I'm thinking it is a word for someone else, mostly because when I was 11, I still wanted to play football in the NFL. The Eagles do need a lot of help, but so I guess there's hope for everyone. If that's you, hold on to it, because God will bring it about. If you had that dream when you were 11. So I listen to lots of podcasts throughout the weeks. 
So I'm not sure who exactly uh, said this the first time, but he talks about what if. What if you could do that? Or what if the unthinkable could actually be done? What if they would listen? What if you could do anything you wanted? What if you had a billion dollars? What if? I wrote that up on my bathroom mirror. So that's the first thing I see in the morning, and I can think about it throughout the day. I like to think about some pretty impossible things. There's probably far greater minds that can think more impossible things. But here are some of my what-ifs or impossible. What if I could do anything? Would I, what would it be? If money wasn't an option, what would I do? If I had 30 hours in a day and not just 24, what would I do with it? Or the latest one, if I had a million square feet warehouse, what could I, what could I do with that? If, if God could use us however he wanted to, would it still be here? Would we still be here today? God has placed each one of us in this region for a reason. God has placed us in this time for a reason. God has given each one of us a, a purpose and a passion. Many of, our, many of our wildest dreams are God trying to break through to us so he can talk to us and encourage us and bring us to a place where we can hear God's word better. And put God's putting his desire onto our life and into our hearts. While preparing, while I was preparing to teach, I was also thinking about, could I actually suffer for what God has given, God has given me, that dream? That what if that always comes up? I know Paul says it, he counts that as a sheer gift. But could I actually do that? I think, I thank God pretty regularly that he's placed us here in the United States. And not in a place that does get persecuted. And not in a place that persecutes Christians for their beliefs like other countries. I'm sure there's places in Afghanistan or Iraq or even China who kill and torture Christians daily just for fun. But suffering is a pretty tough thing. It's a pretty tough topic to talk about. I don't believe we have time to really get into a full-blown conversation about it. But what I, what I will say is we all live in a fallen world with evil that seems to be everywhere. God does not condone our suffering, nor does God, nor is God happy with, when we suffer. In Matthew 7, 9, it says, Or which one of you, if his son asks for bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If then you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father, who is in heaven, give good, good things to those who ask him? There is suffering. There is something about suffering that we should be able to take away. And I think that is why we do suffer at times. We can learn from it. We can become stronger from it. It builds character. 
and it makes us more committed to our cause. We have more skin in the game. Since God so lovingly put us in this beautiful Lancaster County where there's not any physical persecution and suffering like Paul has endured, I would encourage you to find a way to, to suffer or sacrifice, really. Give up something for the sake of another. I can, I'm going to give you three ideas, but really, if you thought about it, this list could probably go on and on. So our first way that we can suffer or sacrifice is financially. Give an extra 1% or 2% of your income. You should feel this right where it counts, your wallet. Because where your money is, there your heart will be also. Giving your first tenth, that is great. And that's what we're called to do. I encourage that as well. But I would also encourage you to find an organization, an organization like uh, Real Life, that are located in Denver, or Cornerstone Pregnancy in Gap, or Back-to-Back Ministries to support regularly. Heidi and I, my wife, we support a family that work with back-to-back ministries in the Dominican Republic. They have two small kids, so we connect with them pretty regularly and on many levels. A couple of weeks ago, they had a hurricane that just destroyed Dominican, the Dominican. And guy, the first thing that came to my mind, it was not, well, scratch that off the vacation list this year. It was, since I heard the many stories that Cheke and Hope were doing, they were connecting with the youth and the kids in, in the Dominican. They were establishing and sharing God's word to their neighbors and doing, uh, yeah, I, f- I feel connected. I feel like I'm actually doing something in the Dominican since I'm financially invested in them, into specific missionaries. I'm also praying for them and encouraging them. I am blessing them as they are there. So I have extra skin in that game. Your time, you can also sacrifice your time. If your life is anything like mine, it's busier than ever with more things to do every day. Take time monthly, weekly, yearly, whatever you choose to invest into something. A good shepherd will pretty much let you do anything. Set a time. Set like, in the year of 2022, I will do this once a month or once a week. I'll tell you for a fact, if you asked Dwayne and Kendra, if they would, if you could come on a Wednesday night to hang out with the youth, they won't turn you down. Or on, in impact, or on the worship team. That might be a little bit trickier because you actually have to play an instrument and you should be able to sing just a little bit. But the key is that you're taking time out of your busy schedule, out of your life, to serve and to support others that are leading. This does not have to be just serving here at Good Shepherd. Real life and ministries in Denver have many ways that you could help them. And it also could be as simple as just sitting with someone and praying 
or reading or just watching a baseball game or football, I guess. Football is right now. But there's two qualifications for this. Number one, you're willing to do it. And the second one is you actually do it. The third one is teaching or leading. You see the progression? The first one, you're giving your money at a distance. The second one, you're actually doing it. And then the third one, you're, at, you're going to be leading people to do it. This is not for the faint of heart. And this is the m- most difficult, most time-consuming, and most thought-provoking one. I'll say without a doubt, it's the hardest one from teaching an impact to youth to even here. The amount of prayer and preparation that goes into it would probably be surprising to some. I encourage you to start small. If you want to do something a little bit strange, weird, start in the nursery and teach. They're small, and they won't call you out if you mix your words up. But the stories that they take in, at even two years old, it's impressive. My two-year-olds will tell me all about Noah's Ark or David and Goliath. It's not the most elaborate story or the most clear, but they'll do it. Also, likewise in youth and the impact, more often than not, you'll hear whisperings in the background. But they absorb the lessons and the teachings like a sponge. Let me say something else a little bit crazy. And some might even compare this more to suffering than teaching. Yeah, suffering for the spreading of the gospel. We have a unique opportunity here at Good Shepherd. It's called quizzing. Yeah, people are laughing because they're involved in it. <laughs> uh, you have two chances a week to pour out into the next generation. And I'll say without a doubt, you will learn something along the way. When I was in high school, I played football. And at the end of every practice, I had a coach. We would condition, so just run and run and run. I had a coach who would often, often say, how do you want to suffer today? He would also follow it up by, the more we suffer and the more we do now, the more prepared we'll be at the end of the week during the games. The same thing can apply. We can do the minimum. We can go to church. We can give a tenth of our, our uh, tithe. And we can believe in God. All of which is great. And with you being here and online, God will change your life. I can guarantee it. But the more that we're willing to give, the more that we're willing to do, the more that we're willing to put into God's kingdom, the more that we will see come out. Let's continue to read in Colossians 2. I want you to realize that I continue to work as hard as I know for you and also for the Christians at Laodicea. Not many of you uh, have met me face to face, but they didn't, that doesn't make a difference. Know that I am on your side, right alongside you. You're not alone in this. Paul's putting, Paul is helping this church, even while he's in chains in Rome. 
Paul is helping them. He said he's working hard. And some translations even say that he's struggling for them. The people that he hasn't even met in Laodicea. I do wonder what that looked like. Paul being chained to a Roman guard. Paul was in a spiritual battle for these cities. He was interceding. Have you ever prayed for someone until you're hurt? That is what Paul is talking about in this battle. For a church that he didn't start, and many of them he's never even met. He was connected to them. That was 2,000 years ago. It's a bit easier to do it now with our Skype and FaceTalk, right? Insta chat, all that stuff. Uh, Paul is reason. What's that? Hey, yeah, you guys don't get it. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't that funny. <laughs> Paul is reassuring the people at Colossae that are not, they're not alone in the fight. Paul is encouraging them in verse 5. He says, I'm looking, yeah, I am a long way off. True. And I may never lay eyes on, you may never lay eyes on me, but believe me, I am on your side, right beside you. I am delighted to hear of your careful and orderly ways you conduct your affairs. And I'm impressed with the solid substance of your faith. Even Paul was not able to be beside them. Even if Paul wasn't able to be beside them, he was still going to encourage them. Yeah, more likely than not, they had a lot of things that they needed to work out yet, being new in their Christian faith. But he highlighted their finer assets. I would challenge you to seek God for a vision to share the gospel like Paul with passion and without stopping. Think about that what if in your life. What is God giving you? Because God has given you a dream. He's given you a passion. He's given you desire. And that might be a little bit different than my passion and my dream, my desire. God has made each one of us different for a reason. Think about your wildest dream that God has given you. Now, what are you going to need to do to sacrifice to see that dream happen? Maybe you don't go out and buy your, that new sports car or that brand new truck. But instead you invest the money towards a, dr- a drilling in Africa for fresh water. Or maybe Bibles for those in Afghanistan. Or a missionary in the, D- the Dominican Republic or wherever. Maybe you can pledge to work once a month at a food bank in Denver. Or serve every other week here at Good Shepherd. Invest your time into encouraging and loving those around you. Also spread the gospel with your voice and your actions. Not everyone is called to speak in front of crowds. Big crowds or small crowds. But we are all called to the nations. In Matthew 28, 19, it says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of and the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely, 
I am with you always to the very ends of the age. We're all called to the nations. That includes this nation. That includes our neighborhood and even our next door neighbors. The last thing is find someone that can walk with you. Someone that will war with you. Someone that will struggle on your behalf. Like Paul is struggling for these people. Struggling and praying for those at Colossae and Laodicea. This person will need to be able to keep you accountable Keep you accountable and keep you encouraged. You also should be finding two other people that you can encourage and you, you can help as well. For the first, it may seem like you're just dragging them along and they might be kicking and screaming yet. But keep at it. Encourage them and pray for them until it hurts. The worship team wants to come up. I'd like to just pray for... Pray for us this morning. So dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your love and praise you that you are with us and you see us even when we cannot feel you. Thank you for the gift of salvation and that we can have a relationship with you. I pray that you just stir this place with your passion and your purpose for each one of our lives. I also pray for the right people in our lives that we can walk with. I pray for any encouragement to be poured out into each one of our hearts. In Jesus' name, I pray for a strengthening of this church. In Jesus' name, amen. Just thank you for joining us online. I would just encourage you to get a hold of anyone, email, text, whatever, if you guys need any prayer requests, if you guys have any prayer requests. Also, for those that are here, the prayer team would be love to pray with you and encourage you to get with one of them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can stand and join me as we finish up. Let's worship God a little bit more. What is this love that won't relent? That's calling out with heaven's breath. Who's reaching wide to save our souls? Only you. What is this grace that makes no sense? That we could never recompense Who gives us all a second chance Only you, only you, only you There is no one like our God There is no one like our God There is no other God can save. There is no one like our God. Who 
hung the stars upon the night and showed the sun how bright to shine who shaped the world within his hands only you who said who set the sky upon the hills and told the waters to be still who spoke to form the universe oh, only 